Well, this morning, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, you see, it's Thanks Miss Day. Thanks Miss Day, everyone. Okay. Uh, it's so original. My wife is mocking me right now. That's why I give her a handheld so you don't hear her comments while I'm talking. <laughs> uh, this is just, to me, this is one of those seasons of the year that often we just kind of blow through a little bit, you know, we just kind of, especially this Sunday, like, it's the Sunday, but it feels like, oh, we're after Thanksgiving, and like, oh, man, we're, we're not quite, I'm not quite ready to go Christmas on yet, and so what we want to do is, is just pause a little bit for this time, you know, a pause, and just take a, take a little bit of a moment here, and we're going to do a little bit of Thanksgiving, and a little bit of preparation of our hearts for Christmas, because I don't, here's the, here's the deal, as your pastor's, like, really what my, my job is not to try and come every Sunday and just kill a sermon every week. Ultimately, my goal is to help point us in the right direction. And so this morning is going to be one of those opportunities where hopefully we can get ourselves pointed in the right direction. And, and I hope that this will be a challenge and an encouragement to everybody who's here this morning. And so what we want to do uh, this morning starting is just being able to groom a little bit of a, a heart of Thanksgiving. And so we're going to do something that might feel a little cheesy because some of you maybe were forced to do this as children. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to make you turn to two or three people around you, and I want you to say two or three things that you're thankful for from this past year, okay? You ready? Go. Turn to your neighbors. All right, stop talking, okay? All right. Well, here's the, here's the deal. I would bet, if I was to guess, my guess is for some of you, this is super easy, like if you had said, what were you thankful for? Some of you had like a killer year. Like everything went really well, and like some stuff happened, and like your, your kids are on the honor roll, and you got a new house, and a new job, and like everything's awesome. You know, and, and so that's great. And so you, it's really easy. There's others of you that, my guess, you've probably groomed a heart of thankfulness, so you're just good at doing this kind of stuff. But there's probably also some of you uh, that had a really hard year. Like your, your year just stunk. Like, if you're honest, and like, it's a struggle to, to think like, what, a, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm really thankful for a lot this year. I'd like to just forget this past year. And, and I get that, all right? But whether you've had a great year or whether you've had a hard year, the, the fact is that we live in a world that, in a society that makes it really hard to have gratitude. We do. Naturally, everything in our society tries to point us toward ingratitude. In fact, I, I think this is a little bit of what our marketing society has done to us. We live in a, a world that is marketing to us all the time. And so what are we feeling? We are never content or grateful for what we have. We're always thinking about what we don't have yet, you know? You know, we're not thinking about the 20 shirts in our closet. We're thinking about that one that we don't have yet. You know, we don't think about the car that runs and that is paid for. We think about the one we don't own yet and the one we really want. We don't, we don't even think about the food in our refrigerator. We think about the burger on the billboard, you know, like I want, that's what I want right now, you know. Like that's just the world that we live in. It's always advertising toward us. There's commercials on everything. There's commercials on television, on the radio, you know. You go on the computer and there's commercials and stuff. And how many of you ever looked at something online? Remember you searched that thing online, you looked at it, and then like five minutes later you're on Facebook or you're on Google and it pops up on the side in the column? It drives me crazy. It freaks me out a little bit. It's like Big Brother watches us all the time. They own us, you know, and they're marketing toward us. And what are they producing inside of us? 
this ingratitude for what we have and a focus on what we don't have, you know? And that's where our eyes are at. And if we aren't careful, we get swept away with this just like everybody else does. We're just following the track, everybody else. I need that thing because that thing will make me happy. And guess what? I do the same thing. I can get this, this attitude where I'm, I'm more concerned about what I don't have, not what I do have. I just, I just looked at the eyes of somebody in our congregation. We got a board member around here. Every time I say, hello, how you doing? He says, best day ever. Some of you know who I'm talking about, Lee. Best day ever. Why? He's, he's groomed a different opinion because the rest of the world would say, eh, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I'm having an okay day, you know. But, but this ingratitude, it's just ingrained into our culture. And so it requires us, it, if we're going to have a different type of heart, it's going to require that we are a little more intentional with these things. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me real quickly. I just want to look at two verses here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just to say, okay, what, what, what should we do? What, is, what does God really want for us? What does he want for our lives? 1 Thessalonians, uh, Paul's writing this letter, and he's talking to a group of believers, and they're followers of Christ, um, but they expected Jesus to already come back. And so they're waiting, you know, they're like, well, people are dying, and Jesus hasn't come back yet, so what happens to all these dead people? And so he's trying to give them a little bit of hope about some of that kind of stuff. But then he gets to the end of the letter, and he's trying to give them some encouragement. Tell them, hey, this is how you should live your life. So like right now, Jesus hasn't come back now. Here's how you should live. And he gets really specific. And what does he say? He says in verse 16 of chapter 5, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Like we walk around our life saying, what's the will of God? Like what is God, God, what do you want for my life? What do you desire for me? Here we go. Rejoice always. <laughs> when it's good. Woo, when you had an awesome year. When you had a really bad year. Say, God, I'm going to choose to rejoice. Some of you, rejoicing isn't a choice, it's a response. For others of you, it's absolutely a choice. Because this year stunk. Say, God, I'm going to rejoice. God, I'm going to pray continually. I'm going to bring whatever I've got going on. When it's good and when it's bad, I'm bringing it to you, God. I'm communing with you. I'm connecting to you. And then lastly, I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. That we're going to stop. And so this is our goal here this morning. Because it's possible that we go through the thing, even go through Thanksgiving season, you know. And like have a nice Thanksgiving and we had the meal. How many had turkey? Anybody have turkey? Okay, how many don't like turkey so you had something else? Some of you? Okay. My wife, I fought her on it. She did not want to make turkey. But she is so nice. She made me turkey. And I'm going to be eating it for the rest of the week. It's awesome. Okay. I'm the only one that ate it in my home. But... Um, no, we, we have the festivities and we do the stuff and we're with the family and all this kind of stuff. But do we pause and really say, God, thank you. Like, thank you for, for what you have done in my life. Thank you for how you have been at work. Thank you for how you've stood with me in the good stuff and the bad stuff and all the seasons. Even in the midst of what I'm enduring right now, God, I can say thank you. Because as Steph read, like, you're with me. You're with me even when my heart's broken a little bit. And so, so here's what we're going to do this morning. We want to pause, and Amber and I just want to take a moment to model Thanksgiving a little bit, just for a couple minutes here, to model Thanksgiving, because the fact is this 
God has done some stuff in our lives, and he's done stuff in this church. And it's easy for us as a church just to blow right past it. Instead, we want to just stop, just for a minute, okay? And say how grateful we are for what God has done. This past year, a year ago today, you know, if you think about the season that we're in a year ago, we were in a totally different place. We weren't here. You guys weren't here. Half of you weren't even here. Like half of our church is new in the last seven months, you know? It's crazy to see what God's been doing, but, but a year ago, this church was in a different place. And honestly, I was in, a, I was in what I would consider one of the more challenging seasons of my, my life, and specifically in my ministry life. For the first time, for about six months last fall, I was in a place where I, I was probably on the border of depression, and I was, had zero vision. I, I didn't want to, like, I was even starting to think, maybe I need to do something else. Like, I'm not... I don't even like what I'm doing. And, and, and it was a hard season as I'm like, what is going on? I couldn't, I thought I was crack, like cracked up. I, I remember back in October of last year going to, to Micah McDonald at a prayer thing and like crying to him and like, I'm just saying weird stuff. And I look back and I'm like, what was wrong with me back then? It was a weird season. But you know what? I'm really, really thankful for that season. Because when I look back a year later, I realized that was God doing us something in me. He was starting to tear me a little bit. He was starting to make a fire, one fire cold, so that he could start burning a new fire in my heart, you know? And I'm really grateful for that, you know? And, and I think back and think, man, what would have happened? I think about the stories that have tr- changed because of that weird season for me that I look back and I didn't like, how that has changed our family for sure, how that's changed this body. And then so many of you who've walked in these doors in the last seven months, and I know some of your stories, and I know how some of your eternities have been transformed. Some of your stories have changed because of what God has done. And so I look back and say, you know what? Thank you, God. Thanks for that season. I'm grateful for that season, you know? I think about uh, another thing for me personally, my, my health... Uh, some of you don't know I have Crohn's disease, and so my health can kind of do this. And so just know that. There might be some seasons. Most people never know when I'm going through a tough season because I just don't talk about it. I won't. I just let's keep carrying on. But last fall was one of those tougher seasons. And uh, when everything else was going on, I was having health stuff. And I've just been so blessed. You know, some of you have had chronic pain in your life. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you have chronic pain, you really appreciate good pain or good health, not good pain. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you really appreciate your health when you've lost it at some point, you know? And for some of you, I think you probably can share that. Maybe today you're in a, you're like, you know what? I'm feeling okay today. Thank you, God. And we can just say, thank you, God. You know, others of you, you're in a tough pain. Like, some of you just got, I talked to somebody this morning, was in pain still. Like, okay, God, thank you anyways that I have breath in my lungs this morning, <laughs> that I'm on the right side of the grass. Like, I appreciate that, Lord, um, that we still get to have a life like that, so. Want to share some stuff? Yeah, for me, um, as I was thinking back to 2019, um, wait at the beginning of the year, I like to choose a word for my year. And I know that's maybe weird, and maybe some of you do that. But my, my word for the year was transform. And I thought that that was like, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to feel healthy. I'm going to take care of myself in this new season. I had no idea what the word actually was going to mean for my life and for my family. And um, I've, I've come to realize in seasons, I think that 2019, you'll hear us say, this is part of our story. This last year and this journey that our family walked through, that we've walked through, this is part of our story. And this is part of something you'll hear us talk about 
forever, as long as we're here, you know, because it's been a year of hard, but it's been a year where I've seen God speak and use us in more ways than I've ever imagined. Um, One of the things that I, I think of when I think back to this year is that transition is hard. Transition is scary. I hate change. I don't <laughs> handle it well. I thought I loved change. I don't. I don't love change. But I know this. I would much rather be obedient than be scared to take the next step of where God is pointing us. And there was a restlessness in my heart uh, last year at this time. And honestly, I was comfortable, so I just ignored it. Like, God, whatever, this is, we're good here. Our life is good. Our kids love it where we're at. When you're in ministry and you leave a place, it affects your whole family. It doesn't just affect Greg and I. That was our whole world was at Cedar Valley. And it wasn't that we didn't love the people and we didn't love the pastors and we didn't love our job. It was that God was just stirring something in us. And I look back now and I see that restlessness That was actually a really good thing, that God began to prepare our hearts a year ago for something new that we were going to step into. And uh, as we were praying about this this job, let's just say it how it is, as we were praying about coming here, which was Discover, which is now Zoe, (laughs) um, I remember telling God, I'm not going, so I don't know how this is. (laughs) I literally said that many times. I told my friends, I'm not going. I had people, my closest friends, that I I was a little, I was transparent, but I was guarded because I didn't really want to know the truth. And I knew that they were going to tell me the truth. I had friends that would send me songs, All the, a lot of them are here all the time, that's like, you need to trust God in this new season. And I'm like, there's not going to be a new season. So I don't know why I have to trust. <laughs> Uh, But I remember I was in Florida with Diella. We just were able to take a girl's trip. And I remember I went for a run on the beach one morning. And you know the song Oceans by Hillsong? We've heard it a gazillion times. But it says, like, God, lead me where my trust is without border. That no matter where I go, no matter what we do, you're going to be there. And I remember thinking, I know why this song is touching me so much, but I'm going to choose to ignore it because I know what that means for our family. We're going to have to leave a place that's comfortable. And change is coming. But as the weeks and the months, and it took us a long time, but I think that we should all be thankful it took us a long time because we truly heard God's voice. He really spoke to us and made it clear, especially to me, because I was for sure dragging my feet a little (laughs) bit more than he was. Um, But people in our life, I'm so thankful for the friends that God has given us, because those people spoke truth into us, even when I didn't want to hear it. Uh, They were praying for us, even when I didn't really want them to pray (laughs) for God to reveal things for us. But God began to speak, and God began to move, and what is so cool for me is that probably for the first time in my life, I really saw God say and speak to go and to lead. In 2019, it was a hard year. There were, I, I cried a lot. Greg cried more, but I cried a lot. Uh, for real. Whatever. We didn't sleep half the year, for real. Pastor Clarence and the board, they prayed that we wouldn't sleep. We didn't sleep for, for real half a year. Uh, It was hard on our marriage. We fought a lot. Um, But I know this. 
in, in times for us to walk into a new season where God's calling you, there's a lot of pruning that has to take place. Yeah. And we have been pruned for this new season. And I, yes, we're going to mess up and there's things you're not going to like about us. And I'm okay with that because <laughs> God has called us here for this time. Yeah. And in this new season, we, we are excited. The things that were answers to prayers are so crazy that they're like, they actually are happening. You know, this is a home for our kids. Our kids love this place. That was a really big deal for me. Um, there's people here in this church, you guys, all of you, you have embraced us. You have loved us. You have supported us. You, even when we have crazy ideas, you're like, okay, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> that to me is like so cool because it just shows that like when you're obedient and you step out to so into something that's uncomfortable, God's going to use you in bigger and mightier ways. That's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I think one, one of the fun things in, as a church, like there's some cool things that God has done. We could go on forever about things personally, but when we think about the church as a whole, again, I don't want us to just blow past what God has done and what he's doing in our church, in our body, okay? And if you're a guest here this morning, you're getting to hear a little bit about what God's been doing in this church, but well before we showed up, it was evident that God was starting to stir something new in this body. Because as I've talked to so many of you, many of you were just in prayer for what, and God was starting to speak visions of what was going to take place in this place. And we didn't walk in and say, oh man, how we got to start this engine up. It was like we walked into a place that God was already moving and at work, and it's so fun to see him move and to see him and do a spiritual thing in this place that's so far beyond anything that either of us could figure out on our own. You know, I came to you guys back in May with something. Um, and this was something that was put in my heart way back in February before we were even showing up, and that was this idea of this whole Zoe thing, like what in the world? You know, and Amber said, you guys are so nice to go along with this, whatever, but felt like God put it on my heart because what I felt like God say was, this is what I'm gonna do here. This is, the this is what it's gonna feel like when I walk in, that this is gonna be a place of abundant life, eternal life. It's just gonna be, it'll have that feel to it. You know what has been so fun for me? Is it, that was, again, written in a journal in the middle of February. We never even talked about it till May. We launched in September. But you know what I keep hearing this fall when new people walk in these doors? Man, it just feels alive. It just feels like there's a life here, like God's doing something here. Over and over. I'm not telling you like one person said that. Like every, almost every weekend, somebody is speaking that in. And what it is saying is, you know what? God is doing what he said he would do in our body. That he spoke a word, and honestly, I'm not like big on like I'm going to have a prophetic word all the time, but I felt like God spoke prophetically to us, and he's doing it in our midst. And it's so cool to watch him do that, all right? And so I, I just say, God, thank you. Thank you for being gracious to us. Thank you for that of all the places in the world, you could be doing stuff. You've chosen you're going to do something here too, that we get to be a part of what you're doing in the world. It's just so amazing that we get to do that. The other thing is like we get to see the stories of what God's doing on a regular basis around here. Like you don't always hear, and I can't always share every story because sometimes we're in the middle of a story. But even this last fall, we've had stories of people walking in the door when they didn't know why they were walking in the door. Mm 
like God, like walking in the door broken and like coming in and experiencing the hope of Jesus. We've watched, I've seen prodigal stories of families where someone has come back and walked in these doors and God is starting to stir something that I've heard the stories and seen the stories of people walking who had zero faith and walked in these doors and have begun a journey of faith with Christ. These are the things that are happening on a regular basis around here. And we just say, God, thank you. Thank you that we get to be a part of this, that this isn't just some let's come do our religious duty once a week, but God, you are at work in this place and we get to be a part of it. So, Something that was really fun for us because our heart is what to reach our community, to be a light in the city of Burnsville where there is a lot of darkness. And for us, uh, we got to meet with the mayor almost, well, it was this summer early on. And I remember when we sat down with the mayor, um, she wasn't too excited of where we were at. There were some bridges that were burned uh, between the city and Discover and whatever. I don't really care. That's too bad that that happened. But there was a lot of hurt, whatever that was. And by the end of that coffee, hour-long coffee with her, she got up. She gave us a hug. She said she'd be praying for us and that she knows that God's going to do something big in this little church in, in Burnsville. And that, you guys, is an answer to prayer yeah. because she is yeah. our, our, our mayor, the people we want to serve. Yep. And what is so cool in that whole story, she then asked to take a picture with us. She's like, you're Zoe Church. We're like, we haven't launched, but go ahead. Call us anything you want. <laughs> um, but she came our opening Sunday of Zoe Church and cut a ribbon and was he prayed over our body. Yeah. Like, wow, what favor that is of yeah. God to say, yeah. hey. Even the leadership, the people that are above you in this city, they support you and they go with you. That, to me, was one of the coolest things that has happened this year. Yeah, 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 it was cool. Yeah, and, it, and I just think, we, Amber talked about transitions earlier, but I, would just, I just got to say, transitions can go really sideways in a church. Like, a new leader stepping in. We have our, our district superintendents in the house. Hi, Mark. You wave. He happened to show up this morning. Look at him. He's, he gets to be a part of all the sideways ones. When things go weird and funny, they bring him in to solve those problems. He's just here for fun today. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> like, like, this has been as smooth as we could have possibly hoped. And what, what it shows is, God, you're at work. You're doing this thing. We're not trying to manufacture something. And we get to just say, God, thank you. And so I just think it's important for us as a church. Man, God's doing awesome things. I mean, I'm not a, like, big statistic person. Like, I don't want to be throwing statistics all that. Last fall, this church, we, att- we averaged 180 last fall. We've averaged 305 this fall, which is just God drawing people, okay? There is a movement of, and, and this is not the end. This is the beginning of what God is doing. And so I just said, as a church, we can't just move on. Like, we can't just blow through Thanksgiving and say, ah, yay, whatever, Okay? we got to say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you have done. So can we just for a moment, can we just pray? Just God, thank you. God, we say thank you for what you have done in our church. God, that you have had grace on us, that you have had favor on us, that you have provided for us, Lord. And God, we're going to look to you every season in every situation. We're going to look to you. We're going to say thank you, God. This is never going to be about us. It's never going to be about what we can accomplish. It's about what you are doing in our midst. And you are our source. You are our hope, God. We thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm about to preach, and the sermon is not 30 minutes long, so don't worry. <laughs> Somebody start a clock. 10 minutes. Here we go. Hey, no, we, this is the must part of the message. We already had the thanks part. 
Now we're going to move on to the must, okay? Uh, this is December 1st. It's December 1st. I mean, know that? Well, you're like, hey, where the heck did December come from, okay? And, and I don't know about you, but when December 1st hits, it's like you blink and then it's January. And I'm like, what just happened to my, to my month? Uh, in the church here, we don't, we don't follow a liturgical calendar around here as a church. Uh, we, you know, at Easter and Christmas, we obviously <laughs> preach about Jesus. But uh, we don't follow the calendar. But if you're a part of a liturgical calendar, how many know today starts a new season? What is the season? Advent, exactly. We got the season of Advent. And so what is Advent? It's not a word that we use all the time, so we don't always know what Advent means. Advent is this season of expect expectant waiting and preparation, right? And oftentimes it was waiting for the arrival of someone notable. And so this is why we call this as the Advent season, is we're waiting and expecting this Christmas season. It's this preparation season for the coming of Jesus. Uh, but we know this, if, I don't know about you, but for me, I expect the arrival of some things during the Christmas season, and sometimes they don't have to do with Jesus, okay? I expect to be busy. How I many you know what I'm saying, right? You expect to be busy. I looked at my calendar last night with Amber. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff there, okay? It can be the season of chaos, right? It's just like you're just shuffling people and stuff and things, and I got things to do. It can be the season of frustration, some of us know what that's like. You just, you can be frustrated. And I don't know about you, but sometimes even in the house, it can turn into the season of fighting. Like there, there can, maybe you had, maybe you experienced it this last Thanksgiving, you know, you had the family and they're the family you don't get along with so much, you know, and you're just like, uh, right? And you know it's coming. And for some of you, man, we love Christmas. I love all the stuff. But for others of you, you think about Christmas and it's just a hard time. Maybe you were raised, I had a friend like this uh, years ago and he hated Christmas. Literally, when December started, and he loved Jesus with all his heart, but he wanted it to get to January because in his home growing up, Christmas was horrible, and it always brought up a lot of pain, and it brought up memories and, and just the, the fighting and the stuff that goes on, and you just kind of want to fast forward that season, and maybe some of you are, that's what it's like for you. You know, it can be a season of sadness. Maybe you've lost somebody. It can be a season of depression for some of us, Right? It can be a challenging season. There's all these things that are pulling, and then you add to it all the other stuff that comes. And if we aren't careful, we can totally push Jesus out of the season. Like, this is supposed to be all about him, but, but we can totally push him out. And I want to go to a passage of Scripture. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're just going to look here real quick. This was a passage that we actually read this summer, but as I was pre preparing uh, for this Sunday, uh, this was a passage that just came to mind, and I, and I want to point us there, because this is one of those that you're going to understand what I'm talking about here in a moment. In this passage in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is telling a parable, and he talks about uh, this parable of sowing seed. And he said, all this seed gets sown, and it gets sown in all these different places. And depending on where it lands depends on what gets produced, right? And, and he says, later on, he explains the parable. And he says, the, the seed is the word. It's this word. It's the hope that we're preaching, this good news about Jesus. This is what gets spread around. And this good news, this hope about Jesus, it lands in different places. And based on where it lands determines what gets produced, Right? And then we get to this couple verses in chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 18. He's explaining the different places. And one of the places it lands, he says, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, 
making it unfruitful. And as I think about going into this season, I just get really concerned for us as followers of Christ because I can see so often that that's an, an explanation of what happens in December. Is that suddenly our eyes can get focused on a lot of other things and attention's going to all these other things when the season's supposed to be about Christ and yet we're forsaking the thing it's all about. And we can lose sight of who this thing is all about. And I don't want to get cliche because it gets super cheesy, but the reality is we miss the Christ in Christmas a lot of times, right? Because what do we have? We get the lights, we get the busyness, we get the gifts, we get the parties, we get the painfully cheesy Christmas movies, you know? Oh, it's just painful sometimes. They're painful, okay? Right, we get all that stuff. And if we aren't careful, it's all good. I love it, man. Our house is great. We got the lights. We got all the fun stuff, all that kind of stuff. But if we aren't careful, they can literally choke the hope of Jesus out of this month. And instead of getting eyes and this being a season that draws us nearer to Christ, instead it becomes a season that actually pulls us from Christ. We just follow the, just the stream like everybody else does with the stuff, and we miss sight of Christ we miss that relationship. The, the hope of this time is that we would build an intimacy with Christ, that there would be a, a oneness with him, but so often it, it becomes anything other than that. We have to get to January to set our new goals, like, oh, I gotta get back to reading my Bible. I gotta get back to doing these things. And like, we just spent a whole season about Jesus, and we can miss it, you know? And I'm not just talking to you, because I can do the same thing, right? And so the challenge is, could we do something different? So I want to go to our big so what here this morning, a very simple big so what, and it's simply this, is that Jesus must be invited in. Jesus must be invited in. You see, we can't assume his involvement in our lives. That's what the gospel's all about. Salvation is us saying, you know what, I'm done. I'm done on my own. We know this. This is what the gospel says is that on our own, we cannot save ourselves. What is our hope? Our hope is that we die to ourselves and we say, God, I'm yours. I invite you to come take over. You are in charge. You are my Lord. That's what salvation is. But we know it goes far beyond just simply that salvation moment that our lives in general, we have to constantly invite Jesus in because our natural tendency is to do it on our own, Right? to live this life on our own. Even in our faith, we're just gonna do it on our own. We do our thing and say, no, no. We have to invite him in to say, God, I give you every morning. That's what, I, I've said it before, but the hard part with following Jesus is it's so daily. Because every day you wanna get back on your own throne and do it your own way. But following Christ says this, I'm inviting you in. I'm, I'm not in charge anymore. I put you in control of my life. But I would even say this is true about the Christmas season is that Jesus must be invited in. Because like I said, if we aren't careful, we'll go through this holiday season, just do all the stuff, we'll have all the parties, we'll sing all the songs, we'll, you know, you'll, you'll hang all the lights, you'll give all the gifts, and Christ not be the center of that experience. And so my hope, I said this morning, the goal isn't that I just preach a good sermon every week, but that we get, I help us point in the right direction. And so my hope here this morning is that all of us could just have a moment to get our hearts pointed in the right direction. There's an image that we see, and I'm going to close with this. There's an image that we see in Revelation chapter 3. And, and Jesus is, uh, this is the letter to all these different churches. And, and one of those, he, he's speaking and he says this in, in 3 verse 20. He says this, here I am being Jesus. Here I am. 
I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And you see, I love this image. This image of, of Jesus literally standing at the door saying, Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. Hey. <laughs> and for us, Jesus isn't the SWAT team. He doesn't come barreling the door down and saying, I'm taking over. You don't have a choice. No, we do. Say, God, am I going to invite you in? Obviously, the call first and foremost into our life to say, God, I want to surrender to you completely in our lives normally. But even in this Christmas season to say, God, because here's, what I, here's my fear in my life is that, that we've got a party going on in the house. We got all the party going on in the house. Woo, party, food and lights, yada, yada, yada. And Jesus is just standing at the door like, hey, hey. We can carry on our lives that way. We just carry on doing the stuff. I can be guilty doing the stuff. Saying, God, I want want this to be about you. I don't want to get lost. I don't want to get distracted. I don't want to get abused. God, God, can I truly? Because he actually wants to hang out with us. He doesn't just want to stop by and leave. No, he wants to eat with you. He wants to spend time with you. And as followers of Christ, we're, we're looking for our life in so many other places. And Jesus is saying, listen, the only life comes in me. So spend time with me. Would you prioritize me? And so that's my challenge for us as a body this week. And this month that we would say, God, in this season, we are going to prioritize you. We're not going to just carry on life as usual. We're not just going to get swept up in the streams of everything else that happens this Christmas. But instead, God, we're going to prioritize being with you this season. That this may be the first Christmas season you ever do this. Where you say, God, I'm actually going to be closer to you when I get to December 25th than I ever have before. I'm going to know you more. Why? Because I'm prioritizing you. All right? I'm going to invite you. Would you stand with me? Can we just pray together? I'm going to invite you just to, to pray on your own and join with me. But can we just say, God, God, we want to know you more. We want to be with you. We want to live with you this season. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your son. We thank you for what you have done in this world. But God, we know that we sometimes act like it never happened. We sometimes carry on with our lives and we we shut the door and go about our business. God, I pray that you would help every single one of us. Father, that we would have eyes that look to you, that we would have hearts that are turned toward you. God, that we wouldn't get distracted by everything else, but instead we'd get our attention focused on you, God. God, we offer ourselves to you, Lord. We want to just be with you. We want to know you, Lord. God, help us to live differently this season, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want you to, I want you to look at me a second because got, we've got something um, as a challenge for this season to help us. The challenge this week is twofold. It's this, invite Jesus and invite others. That's my challenge for this season that we would invite Jesus and we would invite others. I, wanna, I always want to give you practical tools because I don't always say, hey, for some of you, you already know what you need to do. Others of you, here's something that you can do. We've created something. The first thing is invite Jesus and there's a way we're going to do that. It's by following our Advent calendar. We made these for you guys. 
intentionally. These are specific things for you this season. On your way out the door this morning, you can grab one of these. Grab one of these for your family. And they're very simple. This isn't like massive things to do, but it's intentional steps that we can take to keep our attention focused in the right direction. Opportunities to make sure that we're engaging with God, to make sure that we're taking practical steps as a body. So I would encourage you to grab these. We made these specifically so that they're things that you can also do with your kids. These aren't hard things that just an adult can do. There's things that are available. So I would encourage you to grab one of these and take part in this, all right? Every day. If you miss a day, don't worry about it. Put it on your refrigerator. Just follow along. You miss a day, cross it off, go on to the next day. No worries. No guilt around here, okay? This is just a tool, a tool to help us stay focused this season. But the other challenge is, is this, that you would invite others uh, by inviting them to join us at some point during this, this Christmas season. These cards were on your seats as you came in this morning. I think one of the best steps that we can take as followers of Christ is to invite others to know Christ, to invite them into the story, that we don't treat this season as just any other season, but we say, God, could you help me to be the tool used to invite somebody else into the kingdom of God? And so these are just simple invitationals. These aren't for you. Hopefully you already know when Christmas is, okay? These are for you to use. You can invite people. We're gonna have them available over the whole month. If you want some more, they're available, okay? Uh, but grab these cards and say, God, would there be one person I can invite with me over the next couple of weeks? And here's what I promise you. Every week is going to be a powerful message of the gospel. We're going to bring the hope of Jesus every single week. And our, our prayer around here as a body is that we would see salvations every single Sunday over the next month. We're believing for that. But listen, it only happens is all of us are faithful to bring someone with us who doesn't know Christ. Okay? And so as we all do that, I think God's going to move this month, all right? And so these are your practical steps. Grab one of these on your way out the door. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. There's some of you, maybe you still would like somebody to pray with you. you got something going on. I'm going to invite you. Don't be on a rush. Uh, Steph's going to continue to just play some keys here for a little bit and set an atmosphere of prayer in here. And so feel free to come receive prayer. Uh, but otherwise, you guys have a great week. Grab your calendar. Grab your, your uh, cards. And let's, uh, let's bring some people back.